0: Welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. We're a few weeks off. Plenty has happened in the NFL and for our Seahawks. Myself, Stuart Court, and as ever, Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir?
1: I'm probably thinking about Norwich more than the mayor of Norwich is thinking about Norwich. That's kind of how I am at the moment. Is
0: that very Bill Belichick onto Norwich?
1: Yeah, we're very much onto Norwich.
0: (laughs) Uh yeah, uh, this this week we'll go for all the draft class of Seahawks. Uh the schedule came out, including one uh trip which um has set skyscanner ablaze uh, in particular. And yeah, uh where, where do one go first, Adam?
1: Probably draft really shouldn't we? Because I yeah. think we haven't spoken since the night of on the uh the little pod that we all did. And no one saw because the sound of it was terrible when I went to edit it. Oh good. Blame Dan Cohen for that,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Seahawks entered the draft with the ninth overall pick. I mean, I can't remember a a draft where the first not 10 picks were picked without trades, there's nothing, everyone just stood with the ninth pick in the 2020 NFL draft. The Seattle Seahawks select Charles Cross, tackle. Mississippi State. Next left tackle of the Seattle Seahawks from Mississippi State, six five three zero five. Like it, it it seems from all the people who pay more attention to Charles Cross and college football over the last twelve eighteen months or so that this was a pretty slam dunk pick from all the options the Seahawks may have had and may have been um, mocked with uh, since, particularly since the Russell Wilson trade. It seems like it's it's one of those rarities of a. Uh, celebrated Seahawks draft selection, Adam?
1: Yeah, I mean, they had to start drafting and spending draft capital on positions that actually matter. And if they weren't going to go quarterback, there's nowhere else they could really go at that position than left tackle. And so, um, yeah, I think the cliff notes for the draft in general is that if it all works out, as you hope it did, then they had a really good draft and, and made a really good fist of it, which um, is nice to say after years of not saying that. Basically,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, Cross seems, seems it seems seems like,
1: like, like a guy. He seems like a dude.
0: Yeah, he seems like he would have been like obviously Evan, Evan Neal with Alabama got a lot of the buzz, but it, it kind of seems like it was him and um, Icky, who went a few picks earlier for NC State. They were like the top two. And the fact that the Seahawks, at nine, didn't move, didn't give up anything, well, apart from uh, Russell Wilson, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably risky to call him a sure thing when he's coming from an air raid to a Pete Carroll offence. But it is, isn't it? Like It feels like, at worst, he's going to be Russell Okun, who was there for five or six years, left tackle left in the Super Bowl team, and then left, because obviously no player in Seattle is Schneider and... Pete gets three
1: contracts. I think ultimately with the draft, if someone ends up not being a good pick, that's fine. Like that is going to happen all the time because the hit rate on these guys is not anything close to 100%. But all you can ask for is that if it doesn't work out for Charles Cross in three years, there's not going to be a person on the planet that will turn around and say, see, I told you so. And unfortunately, yeah. that's been the problem that the Silks have had in their draft recently. That There's been an awful lot of people that could turn around and say, well, that was never going to be good. And we told you that on draft day. <laughs> so with Cross, um, you know, Walker is debatable depending on positional value or whatever. With Boye Maffei, uh, with Abraham Lucas, you know, if, if you kind of draw a line on the, the first four picks being the ones that are really going to make a difference, you know, there's day one, day two picks. It's really hard to argue that anyone has got, can have many complaints about what, what they've done. So that there's not a lot of uh, gotcha, in a few years' time left in this draft, if these players don't work out, I would think.
0: No, the only one is the usual crowd behind the running back thing. Uh, Boye mm-hmm. Maffe was the second Seahawk at 40 again. The Seahawks just stayed where they are at 40 and at 41 um, to take Boye Maffei from Minnesota. Probably Maffei, Um, I'm sure there's some out there who can teach us pronunciation. And then Kent, Kenny Walker, uh, Michigan State running back, pro-style offence, Mal Tucker, he used, to, he used to coach in the NFL. I think he's a, he's a DC defensive coordinator a few spots, but like he again same with Charles Cross. He he was one a or the best running back in. I know there's whatever discourse about running back position in the NFL, but it it, it was quite easy to get. Okay, yeah, like it was a bit strange here running back Kenny Kenneth Walker to the Seahawks at forty one. But then you look at the depth at running back, or the depth chart at running back. And you've got Chris Carson, doesn't sound like he's going to, he'll never play 16, 17 games in the NFL season, if uh, one more game in the NFL. Michelle Penny's had six weeks of consistent play. Then you've got Travis Homer, who's a special teams, third down guy. DJ Dallas has never really had any real chance to get any rhythm going or show anything in regular season plays so and selecting a running back when there's still four question marks that running back really of the guys already there it's and and you again come out of the draft with one of the top two best uh prospects at the position it's it's pretty good at forty one isn't it
1: yeah, i mean, I guess the only thing you could have done is well there obviously wasn't like. <laughs> you, know, you look at 40 and 41 and in a conventional draft, you think, well, that's a package to trade back up to get the quarterback that you want at like 19, 20 or whatever. But the guy wasn't there. So I have a lot of respect for them for sort of just sitting there and taking, I guess, best player available on their board at those positions.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Penn State defensive end um, a BTK, he went a couple mm-hmm. of picks before Marfe. I think Atlanta jumped up ahead of us. Yeah, they did. Um, It was a few weeks ago. <laughs> a lot of neck has been drank in the <laughs> corresponding weeks. So I don't know. No Camden um, Hells. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, yeah, so I think Maffay was probably the BPA at that position. And then, yeah, like he's like the running back went to... Um,
1: the Jets.
0: The Jets. The, oh, my God. The Iowa State kid. He went to the Jets and yeah, it was him or Walker.
1: Um, and I guess what you can say about the running backs is that each team is allowed to have different positional values on, on yeah. what they think. And if the Seahawks think they had to get a quality running back, it does appear, although I know that goes against conventional wisdom of sort of the difference, it does appear that there were two guys and then there was a drop. Yeah. And they, probably, they obviously didn't think they were going to get this guy at 72 with their next pick. So that they, they were in a position where like, if they follow their principles and process... They took Walker. Now, I, whether that's going to prove to be right or wrong, at least they had a process and stuck with it as opposed to flailing and, and grabbing. Like You can see what they've done and the logic behind it to yeah. how they've got that pick, yeah. which and I also, guess is all you can ask for.
0: Yeah, and also there's a lot of conjecture, which is just stupid, about Seahawks drafting old players. <laughs> the CNFR draft the college-age players. There's only three or four years ages,
1: they can, ages be. they can
0: possibly be and kenneth walker's 21 um and then after well, the boy Mafe like all the i watched a few of the press conferences from rookie camp he seems like he's going to be fun he seems like someone who's like, like affable and like very like yes sir no sir kind of like It's it's, it's strange how like off a procession line media trained these 21, 22 year twenty-two-year-old kids are, isn't it? Especially when you see some of the <laughs> some of the players in. We'll say the England squad. Um, maybe cost hundred million quid in the last twelve <laughs> months. Uh, come across when they're like, I've had more training on it. This kid has done Minnesota local KPRT TV for two, three years, and he's just like savvy. It's it is it was he, he was the most impressive one of all the Rockies who that I watched over the weekend, which is nothing to do with his own field play, but it helps, doesn't it? If someone's, like, affable and whatever, it's it just makes it easier to kind of root for and get on board with.
1: Yeah, it, it's we, we were uh, fortunate enough to be in God's own country on Sunday afternoon watching uh, the Mighty Spurs, and I think one of the players at the end of the game went over and threw his shirt into the crowd or whatever, and that, you know, that group of fans will remember that forever. Like, it's not difficult to become a fan favourite. And it's certainly not difficult to put yourself across as someone that can curry favour with a fan base going forward just by being, like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, polite. Yeah, just by being polite. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to cater for someone who's fairly high profile on Saturday, and he was one of the nicest people I've ever met. But he was just super nice and really normal and in my mind, I'm like, wow, what a nice guy. Like, I'd go into bat for that person if ever there was any bad, you know, stories, press, but why can, he's not like that. But really, it's just being nice and normal. And, and I, it, it, I, we see this in sport a lot. Like I just saw a stupid video of, um, like, a Dortmund player going down injured and another team kicked the ball out. And there's, like, classy. What a classy touch. Like, the bar for being classy and nice is so low in the modern world, like everyone should be surpassing it with flying colours, really.
0: It didn't didn't the, talking to someone? Didn't De win like a fair play award when he caught the ball from the yes yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And the goalkeeper was injured. Yeah, poor Gerard was injured. Yeah, um, that's a
0: tangent. This um, is the
1: podcast we should be doing. <laughs> books. This is what we should be doing. I mean, you all um, know it.
0: Um, yeah, and then after after um, Kenneth Walker, it was Abraham Lucas who good friend of the pod, good friend of ours, Michael Dugar, finally gets to cover a Cougar draft pick. It's his, he's, it's his second Cougar he's, he's uh, had in the Seahawks locker room. But the first time they've gone from a, for one in the draft, Abe Lucas, right tackle, it appears. But the same as Charles Christ, he's coming from Mike Leach, which there's probably no one further afield from Pete Carroll's <laughs> offensive philosophy, right, than Mike
1: Leach. Yeah, so, I think,
0: no, no, okay. Someone as established as Mike Leach in yeah. college.
1: I think this is the only pick that I'm looking at and thinking, like, whatever you think of Malik Willis, um, obviously, you know, the general consensus in the NFL was that he wasn't up to much. But there were people saying that he could be a first round pick and that, you know, people that scouted now, I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I just wonder if when you haven't got a quarterback, you should try and find one every year. And there's just, Part of me that thinks that, like, you could have paid a right tackle the money that you gave to a certain tight end that you might want to get on the podcast one day this off-season to plug that gap and then use that pick on Malik Willis. And, like, there's not a lot of regrets that the Seahawks can possibly have coming out of this draft. They did everything pretty well. And if Lucas is a good player, then fine. But there's just a nagging part of me that thinks that if Malik Willis is good... He was there for us and we needed a quarterback. Yeah, it's not like drafting him to play behind Russell Wilson. Like, there is a massive gap. And that that's the one thing that maybe makes me think that it's, I wonder if that'll work. It's not even
0: Malik Willis so much. It's pretty much anyone, any of them, because mm. they're all still there. I don't, yeah, I think they were. I think Wither Rid- went like 85 to Atlanta. And then you got mm-hmm. Howell and then you got Malik Willis who. Um, uh, clearly didn't go down well in the Tannehill household. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but I think I, th- I said to you, I was going to write something. And then I went on Twitter and Rob Staten had wrote pretty much exactly the same, like POV. Like, it feels like they've set the table for something. Like you said, mm-hmm. you said, I think the first pod you did, we did afterwards, what well, you were able to do after the Russell and trade that 2023 is like the aim. And it kind of feels like, They've set the tables for that. We just don't know what that is going to look like and what the corresponding what 18 months is gonna look like for like results and um, player movement. That's that's what I get. They've built the trenches. They've got Boye Maffe, they've still got Darrell Taylor, who's effectively only in his second year. And he's still he's still he's a young one, isn't he? Darrell Taylor. Um, and you got you got the running back, which you probably just changed. Kenneth Walker, that's Kenneth, like like there's people talking about Derek Henry being finished. Mm. Um yeah, they've built they've yeah, they've they they've never done what they did with Lucas and Cross. Like if those those work out, they're gonna be expensive in four or five years, but it's at least the next close to a decade sorted. And like I said, if Charles Cross at the very worst is Whistle Coon like he was good. And then, Mm. but for whatever reason, injuries, I think they just didn't keep him around. But um, and then they went Cincinnati, and as um, Pete Carroll pointed out in the press conference after uh, (coughs) that, the last time they drafted a a defensive back from Cincinnati, his name was Mike Tyson. Uh, This year they went for Kobe Bryant, which, and I think he's going to wear eight. Um, He 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 looks like. A good one again. He like, he won the the best defensive back in college, in mm-hmm. D1 college last year. There's been, I think, everyone from that Cincinnati uh, defensive back for the last couple of years has been drafted. And uh, you had Divine Diablo, who went last year. You had a few others. Um, obviously, you had Source Gardner, who went third overall, who played the opposite side to Kobe. So there's, there's clearly the same with Walker. There's a, clearly a, a path from that defensive scheme and coaching they get at Cincinnati to um, one uh, pop for NFL scouts NFL teams and decision makers but one that's clearly I mean, Diablo I think he saw the field last year in his rookie year um, yeah say again it's just like setting the table because if that works out you've got him and Trey Brown just manning the corner spots you'd expect in, in 2023 for whatever that looks like but yeah, There's like it's weird. We're five picks in, and we haven't said one critical word on Seahawks' decisions. Adam, this is uh, yeah, it's quite a, mad, really, isn't it? Took 183 episodes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then it was someone probably at the other end of the spectrum to um, Kobe Bryant Tariq Wallen, who's 6'4, 200 pound, former wide receiver, turned cornerback, raw as raw can be, but. It it's not going to do much good when Richard Sherman's like the fourth word, Pete, fourth and fifth words Pete Carroll said talking about him.
1: He's kind of like a Richard Sherman 10 years down the line evolved really, isn't he? I mean, he's a little bit taller, a little bit quicker, arms are a little bit longer, <laughs> um, but it does sound like he's got an awful lot of work to do to become a player at this level. But I guess if winning isn't the absolute you know end goal this year, then great. Kind of, you do look at NFL version of a redshirt year in, in a way.
0: Yeah, and I, I think Trey Flowers is the guy that not compared, but like he he moves from safety to DB and starting by week four in his rookie year. So like the ascension, the, the again the path is there for him to contribute this year because it's a position of question marks, which is the point for most spots on the Seahawks roster. Um, and then Tyreek Smith, who our last pod with Tyvish Powell was one of the guys that he named and immediately jumped on his Twitter DMs and told, said to both of us individually that, yeah, I told you. <laughs> um, he seems like a guy who's, well, I think he said in, in the, under the radar a bit, but he's he's definitely fits the mould. And then I've got to be honest, he might be the favorite, my favourite pick, I think. Because I look a few, I don't remember what year it was. We had Kenny Lawler from California and performance. I spent banging the drum, and then I just tried to like do the old like Homer Simpson gif of going back into the hedge, and I realized that maybe it wasn't very good. But Bone Mountain, uh five eleven wide receiver Rutgers who just had basically me and you at quarterback for the last three or four years. But you if anyone goes and watches his highlights on YouTube, he's very Tyler. Like even he's like. How he ca- it's a really weird how he catches the ball is very like Tyler Lockett-esque. And he's 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 speedy as well. So like there's still questions marks about the s es- But again, the same with Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker, Kenny Walker, whichever one it is. Um there's a path there because there's question marks outside of DK and Tyler. There is question marks about pretty much all the other wide receivers even through like injuries or lack of playing time or we just don't know if they're any good or not. And so Bo mm-hmm. Mountain and the other wide receiver in the seventh round, Derek Young, are definitely two who could who could definitely find a way on the roster come week one in September. But Bo Mountain is the one he he could be, as with most Seals pick, he's a senior bowl dude, so Jim Nagy. Is currently on uh, Twitter banging his job for him as well. But yeah, he, but it's so much better mountain highlights. It's very Tyler Lockett esque, I think. Um, but yeah, like, they, they just set the table. And I think that that's all you could really ask. Obviously, I wanted, I think a lot of people wanted the flashy quarterback pick early. But as the NFL kind of showed us over that weekend, this quarterback class ain't it, Adam.
1: Well, clearly, I mean, and that's obviously league consensus, and, and, and in that case, you can't really argue too much about it. You know, if one team does, doesn't fancy someone, but everyone else does, you probably say that you know maybe that one team's a bit off, and that has often been Seattle. In this case, it's hard to really argue against it because um, the consensus clearly says otherwise. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it, it was a weird aftermath of the weekend where everything's kind of seemed uh, semi-positive for the Seahawks, and then a week or so later, the NFL schedule came out, came out in drips or drabs, drips and drabs, um, starting with, now, uh, you, you, you talked through this at the weekend when I saw you down in, down in your home patch, but what, when you saw Tampa Bay on the uh, road schedule, what was your thought process, process Adam?
1: So obviously with the little one, hopefully arriving in uh, the summer, Kind of floated to my family. Why don't we try and do a family trip to Florida in November or December, whenever the you know, AA game? Ha- oh, well, would you look at that? The Seahawks are playing against Tom Brady. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, Net gets you to Tom Brady play going Seahawk road game. Fantastic. And they move the fucking thing to Germany. <laughs> and I can't go to Germany. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's all really gone to shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Seahawks are uh, playing the first ever game in NFL regular season game in Germany, in Munich, at the Allianz Arena, which is not in Munich. It's in the middle of absolute nowhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was talking to uh, those mention for uh, Mike Dugard that I said, like, the whole of Germany is going to try and go to that game because uh, I know NFL UK and all the, all the different team, but UK, UK Seahawks, the Cowboys and the Packers and the Bengals, but it's 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 possibly arguably even bigger and more popular in Germany. So this is this is a massive deal and it's it's it it was quite surprising it was the Seahawks, but and yeah it's it is at the same time quite cool that the Seahawks are um heading over.
1: Mm. Yeah I mean it it'll be amazing and um, it's such a great sports country Germany I think probably after after England, it's probably the, the place you'd want to be, a, or after Britain, it's the place you'd want to be a sports fan more than anywhere. Football over in Germany, I've been lucky enough to go to four or five Champions League games over there in, in the past five or six years, and it's always been an amazing time. Like, they love their football, they love their beer. I mean, it kind of suits the NFL absolutely perfectly, really, yeah. um, and I'm sure they'll have the best time.
0: Yeah. Um, a few months before that, Ten weeks or so before that, the season starts. Regular season starts with um, a familiar friend, a familiar <laughs> face, walking into um, Lumen Field on Monday Night Football season opener at home against the Denver Broncos. Now, again, something we talked about over the weekend. This is going to be interesting. How everyone deals with it, isn't it? Like ESPN, obviously, going to make a massive fuss about Why it's on football week one how the Seahawks deal with it is going to be interesting how the fans deal with it is going to be interesting but also how like Wilson and the players who have been on the team with Wilson is going to be interesting because we saw Richard Sherman come back under a much thicker cloud really he left under a much thicker cloud than Russell Wilson has and he he was like pre-game was the go-to man obviously all the sound effect clips with him and Bobby Wagner and stuff, but it's going to be interesting to see how the people in the stadium, in the stands and on the field deal with everything, isn't it?
1: Well, I mean, Sherman was ultimately released, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, okay, okay. but like, it, 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 he went to the Niners, so there's a lot more like...
1: Yeah, but I, I think people, especially, look, we wouldn't understand it. I mean, someone like Sol Campbell, the worst humans ever graced the planet, <laughs> basically did that sort of thing, but it's it's more understood in the NFL that if you're released, you kind of have carte blanche, and and also Salkham wasn't released, obviously. But but um, you know the, these people have the the idea of wanting to go back and show their team what they're missing out on. That's understandable. Like Wilson made this happen; he had to engineer it, or at least agree. At, at the very least, he accepted it to it happen. If you're going to be most beneficial to him, but at the if you don't need to read the tea leaves too much to make to have a think that he wanted out and played a part in making this happen. I think is that unfair to say? No. So I mean, if you've got a shred of self-respect as a Seahawk fan, you should absolutely hammer the guy when he comes back. Would would be my view. I mean, that's probably quite an English view versus American, but I can't understand. You know, should they have a tribute video? Should they applaud him out? What? <laughs> Yep, I'm, I'm
0: fully on board um, with that. I don't get it. I don't think you... I think they will. But I don't know how it's going to look, but I think there will be some kind of like curtain call kind of thing for him. But nah, 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 nah.
1: I, I think if Wilson is not successful in Denver... It's a
0: massive benefit to Seahawks.
1: Well, I, I mean, go, kind of going forward for his relationship with, the, with Seattle and the town. If he's not successful in Denver... I think he'll at some point come back to sort of this hero's welcome in Seattle and you know he'll get all the accolades. But if he's successful in Denver, like let's say he wins one championship, I don't know. Like are Seahawk fans gonna want to ever like welcome him back as some returning hero?
0: I think I think you've told me before that you were that you were in Seattle when Alex Rodriguez came
1: back. Yeah, for what and- I'm not I don't think it was the first game. But it was, one of the, it was in the first season that he returned after being traded to Texas.
0: And he was very Sol Campbell adjacent, wasn't he, when he left? Yeah, the, he left. I remember
1: pe- people were throwing fake dollars signs, fake <laughs> fake dollars, like which is a good move, actually. I enjoyed that. I didn't expect <laughs> Americans to sort of have that in them, but they did. Uh, yeah, but I, I, it is, is going to be...
0: It, I, I, like, if I was in that stadium on week one, I think I would boo him. Yeah. And, like, there's only been one... I mean, Cov have had so many ex players, but there's only been one ex Cov player I've like vociferously booed in what, 1993? 20, Jesus Christ, uh, 29 years.
1: Who would that be? Well, Dion Dublin went to Villa, but it can't be Big Dion.
0: Nah, it was uh, Craig Bellamy when he came back with Newcastle. He came up with Newcastle? He came up with Newcastle and Cardiff. There's only one player I think. I've ever one coffee I've ever seen come back and get a standing ovation, and you might have been in the in the stadium.
1: I might have been in the same. So moved from Coventry to Spurs.
0: Nah, but he was at Spurs at Highfield Road in a. I want to say League Cup because it was midweek. Robbie Keane, he got oh off. Yeah, yeah yeah he got subbed off.
1: I think he got subbed off. David Blatt's like first game after of, Ben Hubbard got sacked. I mean, this is the podcast we should be doing. <laughs>
0: There's um yeah like all well three three quarters of the stadium and maybe even the Spurs fans the whole stadium just stood but when Craig Bellamy came back with Cardiff oh it was like circled on my calendar the first time he came back with Cardiff I was at uni and couldn't go to the game the second time I was like it was like like circled on the old calendar kind of thing I, like, did I he leave Cov under a cloud he he came to Cov under a cloud he replaced Rob, Robbie Keane right and then just was the worst right. no neck. Uh, could get li- liable if I carry on talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's oh, uh, hated. Um, he just talks a lot of crap um, about Covington City and yeah,
1: it's, you don't do that. Like, but back to the topic, like, yeah, <laughs> Wilson should get hilaried by the Seahawks fans.
0: Yeah. I saw, I saw something the other day that if he, he only has to beat the Seahawks and Chargers to beat all 32 teams.
1: Mm-hmm. That, don't
0: let that happen. That, yeah, don't let that happen. But also, that has to have like been thrown across his like radar, doesn't it? Yeah, Mike, definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's like the fifth player ever if he does it. So yeah, don't let it happen. Also, like, the, the, there's like a really small victory lap to take if TruLock and or Geno Smith, um, in week one in Seattle because that building's gonna be on fire. That that's yeah, like it, the big. That's the biggest home game since. Pack, uh, yeah, Packers Championship
1: game, isn't it? Well, no, there's been playoff games, haven't there? Yeah, but the like
0: the like atmosphere like, that is going to be a...
1: It should be, but Americans are weird with that stuff. I I, I, I can imagine there's going to be like a, you know, a glorious homecoming, which is going to be really hard to watch, yeah. especially at 25 past one in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, just don't, don't give him his flowers because like, he's, he's already named a dog Bronco. Exactly. No, he's seven weeks. Yes.
1: I feel like we had a pretty good steer on him being really annoying for a while. So the Bronco stuff, like with the dog, doesn't surprise us. But it is funny seeing people like coming over to our side, like, (laughs) oh, yeah, he's fucking annoying, isn't he? (laughs) <laughs> like, that that has made me laugh quite yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah I'm like yeah. the uh, Dr. Evil <laughs> gift of like, come for daddy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's, oh, I'm so glad it's not. Like, I, I, Russell Wilson, the name as a Silk quarterback, is obviously beneficial, but dealing with all that is,
1: yeah. And yeah man, common, I, I, I think common. I'd probably get thrown out or at least reprimanded by a steward if I was at that game and sort of went into it with a, Tickets, like, you know, football Cor- atmosphere, f- football idea of, of fandom.
0: I mean, imagine paying three hundred dollars for a Drew Locke game. <laughs> Who was it? Chris Sims yesterday put him as the fortieth best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> um,
1: not no, great, Bob.
0: No. Uh, then, and it's, I mean, and after that, it's to San Francisco. Then back at home against the Falcons at Detroit. Um, at the Saints which is always probably going to be a fun trip of load of Saints fans making that one um, Arizona at the Chargers the Giants are at home and back down to the desert I mean back to back weeks of that stadium and a flight to Munich is terrifying isn't it
1: when's the bye week is it after, after that
0: after the box yeah, mm. yeah
1: I mean, tricky
0: it's not great but it kind of, like, there's, like, a path now. Now there's a path to five wins. It's kind of, like, doable that five wins is on the off, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to sort of see, you know, they might be one and five after six games. You just don't know. But equally, they could be, like, three and three, and they go into, you know, November thinking, oh,
0: <laughs> I don't want that, though. Uh-huh. But you set the table for something, so just, like, Just keep the table as it is. You don't want...
1: Ah. Well, that's... I mean, that is the
0: kind of thing... I know it's a really weird thing to say when we're supposed to be fans of a team, but...
1: No, I think it's a valid point because there's a worry that they might be too good to get good. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is because the start and the end... It's not... Oh, no, not the end. Uh the start, <laughs> it's not like... There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like Boye Maffe could become the fastest selling jersey in Seattle if he goes through Russell Wilson on play number one a Monday Night Football. Then you've got the 49ers who don't seem to know what they're doing at quarterback, and Shanahan may have overthought um, Trey Lance over Matt Jones last year. Then you've got the Falcons who have... Marcus Mariota and/or a rookie that thirty-two teams said thirty-one teams said no to three times,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you got Jared Goff, and then you've got Jameis Winston.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> strange things have happened to take you to sort of a yeah. seven and ten, eight and nine.
0: Yeah, but then if you're like eight
1: and nine, you're going to have like the eighteenth pick.
0: Yeah,
1: and the Broncos' pick is going to be twenty-five, twenty-six, give or take. Yeah. And then sort of like, where are you? It's it's weird, isn't it?
0: But at the same time, it's. I think uh, Dugar has pointed out again, mentioned for him. Um, this isn't, We saw with DK last year, he's not someone who's used to losing. Quandre Diggs isn't here to lose mm. 12 games in 17 weeks. Jamal, for all his blister, isn't someone who's probably going to sit by and allow or be happy losing 12 games. It's They've put themselves in a bit of a like self-constructed corner, aren't they? Hmm. But yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, like, the, the, the funny thing is that they could end up, after next year's picks, basically being about as good, just in a different way as they were with Wilson. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is kind of why I would have preferred it. Coaching change to a player change because I think that's the only way that you can make a real difference. But like it could be that they just have one of the most. You ever played Rummy Cup before? No. So it's basically a game where you've got sets and you've got to put it's one to 13 and it's four colors, like a deck of cards, basically. And you either put down lines in a row of one, two, three, four, five of the same color, or you do three fives of a different color, for example. And the piece, person that gets rid of all their pieces loses. And what you can do with Rummy Cub is you can look at the board and rearrange the whole thing and get all your sets down and change, you know, from three fives there to four, five, six over here and whatever, but the board's exactly the same and you've still got the same amount of pieces in front of you. And it does slightly strike me that they could be into a position whereby they've played one big game of Rummy Cub and changed the whole board around to be exactly as good as they were beforehand. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, and they've also done that with a 70-year-old head coach. Well, yeah, precisely. But, Who's been back to the hilt. Like, not even Arteta's got this level of backing.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, we're, we're, we're hoping for a, a similar meltdown, did not we? <laughs> yeah. <I mean>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but other, same, like, the, the thing with the coaching change, it seems, is that there's people, probably two people in the organisation, who didn't want to give the power that we now see Pete Carroll is having to the quarterback, hmm. which is what the coaching change would have brought, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So maybe the coaching change is more feasible with a new quarterback. And then you've got a quarterback who's first, second year doesn't have the, the pull, the public pull, I guess, as the one you just moved on had. Does that give him way too much credit to people who don't deserve any?
1: I was just discussing the draft, their general drafting with someone. And if you kind of look at how they've used resources over the last eight years, I think it's generous to give them any benefit of the doubt on roster construction, personally.
0: I'm not even talking about roster construction. I just think the quarterback, they, were, they weren't comfortable giving the quarterback the money he was going to ask for next summer and the control of him winning against a potential Hall of Fame head coach.
1: Yeah, I, just, I mean, clearly. I mean, and I think that might like,
0: be one of the things they've set the table for is in two years, three years, they've got a CJ Stroud or a, a Will Levis or a name college quarterback no one's heard of currently here. And then just allow someone like... a. a I don't know, a coach to come in and take over the mantle, work with Schneider, work with the people above him and just kind of jump off from that platform instead of jumping off of of a platform with a quarterback that has control you don't want, you wish you'd never gave him?
1: I think my concern is that, not even a concern, I think something we're going to see one way or the other is Pete obviously thinks that if you put everything else in place around it to a decent enough level, that all like, you need the quarterback to do, in inverted commas, is just drop back, see the open man, pass it. Drop back, see the open man, pass it. Well, yeah. like if ev- That's the dream for everyone. And if that was possible, then quarterbacks wouldn't get paid $50 million a year. But ultimately, in reality, when it comes to it, the the reason why underpaid quarterbacks are, are not paid as much is just because it's quite utopian to think you can just stick any quarterback under center, drop back, pass, drop back, pass. Like when tape comes out on these guys, like and the defensive coordinators get their hands on them, it's quite hard to see that Drew Locke or Geno Smith are going to have, you know, like 250 yards a game, two touchdowns a game, and no picks by just like drop back, pass, drop like. If that was the case, then no one would pay Patrick Mahomes because you could get anyone off the street to do it. And I think that's my concern about the overall system is that I think they think they can just plug someone in, give them a fairly simplified system, and that will just work. But I don't really know if that's the case in the modern NFL.
0: No. Yeah, but that's that's also why I think they could set the table for a quarterback who isn't in Seattle yet. Yeah. Which is, I think, what they've done with... Two tackles, a young running back.
1: Um, Good tight end in the draft, uh, in the trade, sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A young, I mean, he's in his fifth year option thing and he's still only 25.
1: Yeah. Like, you got Eskridge and Metcalf.
0: Yeah. You've got Tyler for like two more years, but the way wide receivers go in, in college, he probably could get obviously just Tyler Lockett. He's going to be top three, top four. Mm-hmm sealed receiver all time, but like the, the the thing of uh how is the word? Conve- the like conveyor belt of that's it. Um phrase. Um receivers is is as I mean the Titans traded AJ Brown for someone from Arkansas mm. who apparently didn't look great in on oh, rookie camp so he's probably have a terrible quarterback but
1: We're buying (laughs) with us. I mean, fast forward a year. Yeah. What positions do you reckon are definitely off the board for those two first round picks? Because I reckon quarterback and then either wide receiver or cornerback would be the two that you look at now and think that's what they'd go for if all things were equal. Um... Obviously, we don't know who's going yeah. to be there and what what rankings, but like, if you're if, sitting down right now, think about the future, I'm thinking, right, we need a quarterback without a question.
0: Yeah.
1: And for me, it's either another stud wide receiver if Eskridge doesn't come through and or to replace Lockett, or a cornerback. And the rest of the positions are like, you could close one eye and squint with the other and see a decent position group almost everywhere else. Yeah,
0: obviously, it depends where they are. I mean, where these picks yeah, are. Yeah, where they're picking, of course. I mean, because... I. I was in a conversation with someone. I, I went through the Cowboys um, draft and I have n- i didn't watch much college football. actually didn't do much draft stuff, if any. Um, and I've never heard of any of their players. So just like, <laughs> I've heard of one of them because he got charged or arrested or accused of um, sexual assault down in uh, Ole Miss. So that's not a good reason to hear of a second round pick. But <laughs> yeah, like... You're you get you're probably gonna to have to build it from the interior because we still don't mean Austin Blythe,
1: maybe the mm. center, and that's not good. Um, so I mean, I, there should be the money there next year as well, really, shouldn't there?
0: You'd expect so. I mean, I mean, how old's Tyler? Is he 30 yet? He has to be 30. Yeah, I think
1: he must be. Um,
0: Yes, that's never good. <laughs> it must, must be a dark like party when you get celebrate your 30th at the Might You go, Oh, okay, let's start. He's looking, he's got into real estate now as well, so it's easy
1: for him. Have we don't um, need cardboard boxes that I can <laughs> just for the blocker,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, your cookies on uh Safari change to like U Haul, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I um, take the <laughs> name plate or does that need to say here? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine, yeah, quarterback, obviously. Um, you'd hope with Mafe and Daryl Taylor. And just, just anyone, really. <coughs> You'd expect deep pass rushes not to be first-round necessity. Although, saying that, it wasn't this year, clearly. Um, yeah, I think interior O-line. Because you're not going to give up on Lucas and Cross after a year. I mean, you let Jermaine Lefeli play out his rookie deal here. So, mm. yeah, interior O-line quarterback, maybe wide receiver. But again, that the DK thing, it sounds like it's gonna get done mm. from all sides, but what if it doesn't? You then entering <laughs> the draft the draft with no quarterback and question marks, be it through contract or age, over your best two wide receivers and two of the best receivers in the league and definitely in mm. the division. But yeah, it's yeah, a quarterback obviously, but I really think in Serie O line, because Gabe Jackson's gonna be thirty three, thirty-four. Damien Lewis may have another down. We don't really know what he's gonna look like. Austin Blythe just doesn't seem like a long-term solution at the centre. Then you've, got, you've just got but you've got the French dude who um doesn't seem he's I don't think he's healthy again. I think he's had like a sports earnia a couple of times. But um yeah, I think in quarterback and but obviously it's a year away, it? But I, I I like I am more on board with whatever's gonna not on board like it's fine I don't mind especially because only two of them are 1am stats as well watching mm. 12 losses this year is kind of yeah cool so because I think that's what it's going to be I think we're going to win four or five games six maybe yeah sounds about right but yeah it just it, it how they attack it is how the Broncos do isn't it No. Yeah. I mean, if Mafe goes through Russell Wilson in week one, we gonna have nine and ten again. Hmm.
1: Yeah, 100%. Which would be fun. Delightful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything else? I think we've said it all, haven't we?
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah, the schedule... I haven't really picked up much on, my, on what people think of the schedule like, outside. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, much on the Facebook groups. I don't really look for much on Twitter. Just, it, but it, I think we spoke about it the weekend. It's kind of like it looked better. Now it's like laid out. Than it did yeah, it looked
1: just, a lot worse when it was like these are the home games, these are the away games for some reason.
0: Yeah, it's very strange. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, bin anyone for the bin? Anyone for the
1: bin? I'm sure I can find someone. You got, you got someone?
0: Um. Don't think so. I mean, the it's every week now, but the reporting on Deshaun is still gross. Mm. like Schefter this week has moved to trying to take the heat off Gadal saying it's not his decision how or when his suspension comes. Like he's what is his decision then? If this isn't his decision, like it's just been. Um. I don't think so. Not what's happened in the NFL last the last week. Um. Yeah, I mean, the opposite of in the bin the charges social media team <laughs> with the schedule these videos are all scheduled. I mean, imagine if they did that in like mid June for like the Spurs fixture list.
1: It doesn't even bear thinking about the level of abuse they'd get on social media <laughs> and some of the words that would be used at the admin. I mean, if, yeah,
0: like the whole social media thing over there, like you talk about like the fandom over here, like boot like Saul Campbell stuff and all that. But that's one part of it where. They are ahead of us mm. over here, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anyone for the bin for me. Um, anything, yeah, I
1: could try think of anything that's happened I mean, like I, 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 even I, basketball or... No, I don't think so. I mean, Arsenal were obviously in the mud. Which is <laughs> okay, for anyone sad. watching this Zoom call, the smirk that came
0: up on Adam's face in that sentence was... It was like... Something you tried to restrain for three seconds and couldn't even manage that long. Well, you know. <laughs> I have to make <laughs>
1: reference to these things, of course. Uh, uh, I'm out of the bin. Well, obviously, but you know, landed us a potential magnificent guest going forward. That would be terrific.
0: Yeah. Uh, talking of my past guests, um, I went on, for some reason, Seahawks mobile app today. and uh, Nick Ballore is uh, the uh, schedule guy on on the Seahawks mobile app, which is... As you say to him, I think semi-regularly, he's the only captain on the team.
1: <laughs> Send me a screenshot. And I pass it on. I'm sure he'll be disgusted and delighted in the light of an equal measure.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, look, 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 was, we've mentioned a few times, I saw you this weekend. I spent a lot of my time going, like, showing people who I think are funny. You know, look, he's funny, isn't he? But Shane Gillis is the one of the funniest people on the planet, isn't
1: he? We had a great time going to uh, ASC yeah, and down, down in the big smoke. and um yeah, not a comedian I'd ever really seen much of before, but you'd sent enough YouTube clips and put enough Instagram <laughs> stories on that I thought, yeah, give it a go. And uh, <laughs> it was great fun. And um, yeah. also, very much enjoyed seeing uh, y- y- you went to a pub that my mate runs to watch the cup final on Sunday. And I'm very pleased to report that on the chalkboard for the reserve table, it was for Podcast Stewart. Yeah, and, no, uh, no due, Podcast Jew. Podcast Jew. So due. I walked
0: into the bar and said to the, well, the bar, the, Bad Staff saying, I think I've got a table reserved. And she went, what's your name? I was like, Stuart. And she went, um, we got a podcast stew. I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> she said, well, okay. yeah, this doesn't matter. And then sat down on the table next to uh, fully lubricated Chelsea fans who said, are you podcast stew? I was like, yeah. I was like, no, to be honest, I did think it was a fully Nathan um, rib, but apparently it was your your friend who is the is the manager of that place which was it was it was good I mean the pricing was slightly different to a, 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 a
1: afternoon spent in a pub watching the cup final but it was good <laughs> and then we went to the Mighty Spurs on Sunday and had a, a, a gay old time <laughs> <laughs> well
0: it was quite fun watching it with absolute no tension and seeing you and your your like seat group just go through the absolute ring whenever a Burnley player like over the halfway line. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, you certainly got the full time experience <laughs> on
0: Sunday, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, shout out Nick Wright. Um, oh, shout out Nick Wright, who was the man in Los Angeles for about 72 hours, 90 hours last week when he went over to the um Angels' homestand and saw a, a walk-off, a no-hitter, and a grand slam and was on like USA Today, CBS, Bally Sports, interviewed him in the... And in his seat, in his Alley Angels UK, he's got a podcast as well. So shout out Nick. he's one of our patrons, and yeah, I, I, I whiffed I, I mean, I whiffed on giving a go out to Felix White on Saturday, and I whiffed getting the, uh, an autograph of uh, Nicholas Wright on there uh, on Sunday in the <laughs> concourse at um, the first day as well. But yeah, it was very cool to see. Uh, I mean, like like we we should we should ask for that next time we go. Because if Nick's doing a UK. Baseball pod, we're doing a UK NFL one our team. Next time we go, we should have like I don't know, Aaron Levine or Chris Chris
1: Egan. I think you should get a press pass for um, Munich. Up to us. <laughs> yeah, you should get a press pass for Munich.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll see. But that's maybe, maybe anyway. I Can get a ticket the way. Be well it's deserved. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, nothing's really happening. We just wait for the DK contract stuff for me. Try and get a few people on in the next few um, weeks. Uh shout also to Jeff Reinbold, who's stepped down from his job at Montreal. Alouettes is a special teams coach due to family reasons. So I hope everything is all good with him. Sent a message and everything and he sent a, his usual mahalo reply, which is full very... Caps. Well, full caps, yeah. Uh, yeah, so whatever, is, whatever the issue is seen, him that's, hopefully that's resolved. And yeah, we see him back in the Sky Studio and back on there. CFR sideline next season uh, patreon.com forward slash the pedestrian podcast Podbean, spotify itunes rate review i think you did that a few weeks ago we kind of stopped doing that after like 20 episodes but yeah it would be quite handy i think
1: yeah and do um, the old like subscribe unsubscribe subscribe again that always works
0: yeah yeah and uh, yeah just if you listen to it enjoy it share it around share the um the gospel or whatever it is and uh yeah until next time this has been the first podcast
1: go oh, right